time of the recording. This is episode 90 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Now with a great crew today with a special guest. Johnny, introduce yourself to the people, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny checking in, baby. Just Johnny. Hey, Kendrick, introduce yourself to the people, man. You know who it is, the smartest man on the podcast, still working on the trademark, but it's going to be here, no doubt. <laughs> yes, sir. Corday, introduce yourself to the fans, man. It's your boy, Young Core, here for a good time. Let's get a good episode tonight, boys. A good episode indeed, and also I want to announce a special guest. He tuned into the episodes, was very excited about hopping on today. He's really a big fan. Seem, introduce yourself to the people, man. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Big Seam here. Big fan of the pod. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. Absolutely. We're more than glad to have you here. Uh, we appreciate you telling us how great uh, our show is and telling us, you know, so we really appreciate it. Can't wait to have you on. Kendrick, yeah, go sure. ahead and take over, man. All right. Listen, y'all know what it is. Got some couple topics to talk about. You know, we, we you know, we diving into the NBA today. We are diving into the NBA. And honestly, listen, we're, we're, we're introducing some new, some new, some that we're going to bring, we're going to make it a weekly thing. We're going to talk, we're not going to talk about superstars because, you know, why talk about the best player in the team? Because they are, you know, they are the main cog of the machine in the team, for the team, but we got to look what's around them. We're going to talk about the role players. We're going to talk about the people who coming in giving that 15 off the bench or that or that that starter that has to play that great defense and give them give them give them 10 to 15 points at night to you know give them that extra boost to win. So with this new thing that we're going to be doing weekly is we're going to do role players of the week. And basically you come out you announce maybe one or two role players that you want to shout out who had a great game. You know what I'm saying? So listen, we're going to start off with Johnny. Who your role player of the week? Well, this was a little bit tough because it was a pretty exciting week of basketball for the league. It was a pretty exciting week of basketball. But the role player that stood out to me this week, guys, I'm not going to lie. I will say, despite his recent performance, he didn't score any points. I only played eight minutes. But other than that, he had a heck of a week. And I'm talking about from January 10th to the 16th, even up to the 18th, Max Struess. From the Miami Heat, Max Struess. This kid, I think his minutes increased. I'm not sure if it was due to performance or injury, but, uh, I mean, versus OKC, 22 points, 8 for 19, 7 rebounds. Milwaukee, January 12, 12 points, 10, uh, 10, 10 rebounds. Uh, it was a back-to-back, actually, and against Milwaukee, he 10.7 rebounds. ATL, 13 points. Uh, Pelican, 16 points. 10 assists, actually, surprisingly. But he's been contributing in so many different ways. And I like that starting five of Miami. I like their pedigree. And I I mentioned this before in a previous segment of how Miami always seems to get the best out of players that we don't expect the much from. No, the most from, I'm sorry. And Max Struess is one of those players. He's been very consistent. He's been quietly killing. And um, at the end of the day, the numbers speak for themselves. He's like uh, he has a little bit of inconsistency, but that comes with the bench player. Um, his minutes did increase, and I think that I probably think that's due to performance. But Matt Struess is my role player of the week, guys. Okay, let's give our props to Matt Struess. You know, he actually is a very key addition to the Miami. I will say that. No, for sure. In my book, yes. But yes. Nice, nice. All right, so we're going to move on to Corday. Core, who, 
Who your role player of the week? Who we, who you shouting out? Hey, I just want to uh, give a shout out to Johnny real quick on Max Juice. That that was a great name drop. He's literally like for the Miami Heat where they paid Duncan Robinson to do. Um, so good job on that, Johnny. Uh, but for me, my guy, he's it's weird. He's a role player because of the person he plays next to, but a lot of people view him as a key piece in a potential rebuild. And the guy I want to shout out, big fan, is Josh, is Josh Giddy. Uh, Josh Giddy this past week has been playing amazing. He's a guy where, you know, he's one of those, like, traditional somewhat pass-first point guards, sets up the tempo, amazing rebounder, has a great uh, great size, great great frame, good at getting others involved. This past week, he's had a game. He's had his stat line has been amazing. He had a game with 16 points, 11 assists, six rebounds. Another game, 28 points, nine assists, nine rebounds. Another game, 25 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, 20 points, eight rebounds, six uh, six assists. And in every single one of these games, he's had a he had a positive plus minus. Uh, he had plus 14, plus 18, plus 21. Uh. I feel like he does a good job of taking pressure off of Shea. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a good balance because, you know, Giddy, he gets the ball, pushes transition, gets other guys involved while Shea is doing a lot of, a lot of majority of their scoring load. But at the same time, he's, he's been playing pretty well for them. You know, he's given them 14 points. He's given them eight rebounds. He's given them just under six assists, close to seven. So he's a triple-double threat whenever he steps out on the court. Big fan of him. Just wanted to shout out my guy, Josh Giddy. I got him on my call hey, tonight. Josh Giddy, hey, man. Hey, real quick. I love, I love, uh, uh, Corey knows. knows I'm not the biggest Giddy fan. I'm actually a, a, the leader of the Giddy Hate Club, but I can't <laughs> lie. Like, this week he really has been killing. I watched him get my Bulls, like, 25 or something like that, like, damn near a triple-double. So, like, Giddy's starting to win me over. He's starting to play a little more confidence, starting to, like, I don't know. Like, I think he's been playing better. Hopefully he can keep it up. Okay. He's low-key what I he, – he's what I thought Ricky Rubio was going to be. Low That's always been my keeper. comparison with. So a lot of people was high on Giddy. I've always said the best I see him being is a six eight Rubio, but like that, that's still good. It's still good. But I was saying like at the beginning of the year when he was struggling, I was saying he should go to the Euro League and all that. Like I was really <laughs> he's, to, uh, he's getting it yeah, together. Seem, I can't. I can't seem, hit him right seem now. He was cool. the number one Josh Giddy hater. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the number one Josh Giddy fan. He's the number one Josh Giddy hater. But before we move on, I do want to say with Giddy, uh, he started the year off shooting about like. 18 percent from three which is abysmal but he's got he's gotten it up to 34 percent so he, he he's been improving he's hitting his free throws at 80 82 percent where in the beginning of the year he was at 75 percent so after his slow start he's really been picking up and finding a groove and i just hope he can keep it going uh listen personally josh Green is a great choice but I'm, i'll be honest with you i really don't see him as a role player I don't I don't see how you can say he's a role player because he plays such like he plays a pivotal part. Like he's like I look at him as like, listen, he probably personally to me, he's the second best player on that team. Personally to me. Cause like you gotta look, look at his size. He's six eight. He can do he what you need to go grab some boards. He's tall enough, he can he can be down there with the with the up with the big men grabbing boards. Then you can then you add in his passing and then he can give you he can give you a calm 15 or he can give you a strong 25, you know? So I feel like he's actually going to be a key piece in that OKC future where they're going to be like, watch this. Give him, a, you know, when they time come, 
you're going to see Josh Giddy right there as the key player being that being that 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 all-star level where he becomes a star. I don't know if he has that superstar level in him. I'll be honest, I think his cap is just a star. He might just cap out at being a star. I can't really see him unless he transcends into that superstardom. But for right, I had the, the his 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 max potential in my eyes is being a star on a team. What's yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. The uh, reason why I name dropped him is just because I do feel like he's somewhat a pivotal part of that rebuild as of right now as things stand. But for the role he plays, he's kind of like he's kind of Shea's sidekick, which therefore I feel like he's a player playing a certain role that makes him a role player for that team. If that makes sense. Okay, so but now yeah. I- oh, I'm my fault, Johnny. Just real quick, but see, this is my thing. Who should actually dial this back? What is the definition of a role player to you guys? Johnny, you want to go first? So, yeah, um, and that's an excellent question because I was about to actually transition to that point. Um, You did make a good point as far as you feel like he's not a role player because of the impact he has with his team. But it's actually like teams have – it's it's a couple of players before that have that same impact, and teams have purposely made them – into role players, I guess, to better the, I guess, their play style. Josh Giddy is better for that. We've seen it. Like, um, like any, from Lou Williams to Jordan Clarkson, I think Tyrese Maxey just told Doc Rivers he want to go to the best and make the team better. He's doesn't, he, he doesn't have role player vibes to me either. But at the same time, he's technically a role player for this team, like it was saying, uh, like Corey was saying. For me, a role player can be like, to me, a role player could be an all-star, bro. Like, for me, I view it as if you're not the guy on the team, if you're not the one, then the position you're playing for that team is your role for that team. Like, for example, like, a guy like example, Thompson, to me, he's a role player. Okay. All right, before before I even continue on with Corday say, I got to bring in Seam. Seam, what you, what's your thoughts on this whole whole the idea and what's your viewpoint on what a role player is? Like, what, what's your definition and then give me give me a give me an example of your a role player. Who's your role player? So I kind of uh, with a role player, I kind of battle this idea with myself all the time, just because it's like, like when you playing when you playing ball, you got your one or two, maybe three guys that are like the focal point of the offenses, and then the rest of the guys are there to just support. So I guess for me, a role player is the guys like the supporting cast. So like, let me uh, I'll I'll transition this to my role player of the week. I'm kind of cheating, but I'm going with like. Damn near the whole Boston Celtics. Like they, they, I feel like they got some of the best role players in the league. When you're talking about Marcus Smart, uh, Grant Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, Al Horford, Robert Williams, and like, of course, you got the two-headed monster, and they everybody loves to show them love. But I feel like the reason the Boston Celtics are where they are is because they have those role players, and like they have their specific jobs. Like Marcus Smart is there to play defense and uh set guys up. Derek White is there to knock down some shots, play some uh play some tenacious defense. Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench and running that offense off the uh, off the bench. Grant Williams is a guy who really impressed me. If I would go anybody, I would love to say like Grant Williams just because like he's there being consistent, knocking down shots, playing defense. He's putting the, he's putting the ball on the floor a little more. Like to me, that's what a role player is. Like the supporting cast around. Like like I I guess like with Clay Thompson, it's like uh I think maybe he might be more more of one now. But I feel like with him, it's like the Warriors. He's such a vital part of what they do. It's hard to say that he's a supporting a supporting member. I feel like people are supporting him. So I, I guess yeah, for me a role player is just a, like the supporting case. 
Okay, see, listen, and I actually I'm on I'm on the same side with Seen because if you if you want to look at it, everybody is a role. Everybody can be a, everybody's a role player. Then if you want to look at it like that, because like even your superstar is a role player because they are playing that role. Me personally, I'm looking as a role player as you are not the main person that we are focusing our offense around or our defense around or just our team around. You are supporting the three people, the two three players who's going to carry us. Like um. For example, like the Warriors. Y'all brought up the Warriors. Look, uh, uh, you got who? You, you got Clay Thompson, you got Draymond Green, and you got uh, with Kevin Looney. And you looking at that? You you see the three? You see the three key pieces as you know Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Those are your. That's your. That's your. That's your trio. That's that's the your NBA formula. And then I'm looking at role players as you know uh, Kevin Looney and Andrew Wiggins because Andrew Wiggins comes in he's that he's that viable third option scorer that's his role he he's a role player in that when he could actually be a star somewhere but he's a role player in that system just because he himself is not the main the, not the main focal point not the main focus you're supporting the main your your main trio or duo so. He's supporting them by the scoring, and then you look at Kevin Looney. You, he's he's picking up defense. Help. He he's a backup to Draymond as the defensive. That oh, Dray, you know Draymond the defensive anchor. Then you got Kevin Looney there to help him out and hold it down even more while also getting the rebounds. You know, just like another another example. I look at Royce O'Neal on the net as a role player. He's a three and D role player. He he may not have efficient shooting every time. He may struggle on a shooting night, but you will see him hustle. You will see him make a play, and I feel like those are the role play, like real role players, players who hustle or are going to dive and scrap and you know fight for that extra position, fight for the ball, fight for the rebound. That's a role player to me. Yeah, what's up? I, yeah, I just uh, uh, go, go ahead, Sam. Go ahead, Sam. With the Draymond thing, I don't. I, I have to. In my head, when you said Draymond, I couldn't like Draymond is a role player to me. Like he's not a guy. Like to me, your your, your top guys are the guys you're going to be like. We need you know, give this guy the ball. Make something happen for us. I don't think Draymond is that guy. I think Draymond is a star in his role, and he always has been. He's a star role player. But, like, Draymond's not a guy that I'm being like, yo, Draymond here, bro. Here, take bro. the ball and make something happen for it, bro, please. Like, I'm not looking But he has, though. So. He, he has. Look at the offense. If you look at Steph Curry and Clay, they, they're better They're better coming off a screen, catching and shooting. Who you got to have somebody you trust to give them the ball at the right time? He's but a Draymond's great. like, he's, he's a good He's a good passer, good decision maker, but Draymond's not like a guy that you gonna like come come here, he's gonna bring the, the ball up, and create offense. stuff for us. Like he Draymond's is, a guy who's he's creating off of what Steph created. Like Steph will Steph will set him up, and he's a great passer off all that. He's he's a good decision maker, but Draymond's not a guy that you like. Draymond, giving it Draymond to him, Green like, is not a guy who's gonna come up the court and just and just. Yeah, like he's not going to bring the ball up. He can't bring, he can bring it up, but he's not going like he can bring it up. He can bring it up, but he's not gonna like come down, get to a bucket, like get to his bag and make something happen for the rest of the guys. Like he could, he could run. Like if they run plays, he could, he could, you know, catch the ball at the top of the key and pass it to Steph when he come off a screen. But he's not gonna create stuff for people. Like let me think. Like the Knicks, the Knicks. I think they got their three guys: Brunson, Barrett, Randall. Everybody else there is supporting them. I think like you put Draymond there. Draymond, Draymond's not gonna come over there and be like, "Oh, I'm uh, now I'm running the show." Like Draymond's not going on you anywhere running the show. He's not running the show in Golden State. He never has been. He's a he's a big part of it. It's like but not just was, like, but but he's he weird. But the personality and who he is, I feel like he. So it, it's strange. He has the star's personality though. He's got like that star yeah, think, personality. He just doesn't have the skill set to go with it. 
for sure. I think it's the same thing with a guy like like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, I view him as a role player. He's a star in his role, though. Like, he's a top 50 or so player, being how he is, being a leader for their team, being right. that, that yeah. grand guy, being a heart of the team. But he's not – just because he's loud doesn't mean he's a star. Like, he's still a role player. Got you. Kendrick, before I let you go, uh, say your piece, swing it to another person, then we got to change this. Anybody else got anything to say on role players and anybody else feeling anything on the role players got anything to say? Just real quick, that's why I, I agree with, uh, with Seen. Like, Draymond's not a guy who, who's gonna, he's not gonna be the driving force of your offense. Although he creates, like, like, he'll bring the ball up and play make, it's not, yo, Draymond is taking charge and doing such and such. It's still Curry and Clay that are responsible for what Draymond does. That's why what I said, like what you guys said about role players, I agree with 100%. I feel like you could, you could go back and forth with your definition and how I feel. But like she was saying, Draymond is a star role player. You have those guys who are supporting cast members as role players, and you also have those guys who are star role players. And to me, a guy like Draymond Green, a guy like Marcus Smart, a guy like Tobias Harris, those guys are star role players. But necessarily, you're not going to have those guys as a main driving force of your offense. I mean, listen, get out. There's more than driving forces than just scoring the basketball, though. You know, that that's my whole thing. Like, I feel like y'all focusing on the driving forces, scoring the basketball. But if if he coming in, give, giving somebody 15 assists, I'm going to – you look, look at look at Rajon Rondo. Like, look at Rondo back when he was in his prime. Like, he was out here – He, I mean, he can give you – he can give you 10, 12 points, but if he give you averaging 20 assists, he's – the offense. He's not a role player. He's a key facilitating piece because he's a, he's doing a, a job that is like a, a important necessity to scoring the bas- basketball. That's all I'm saying. And that, like, job, and that job is, and that job is playmaking. That job is playmaking. Well, let me he's a star. He's a star in the role of playmaking. That's making him a star role player. All right, all right then. If, you want to say that everyone is a, again everybody's a role like okay we have a star three point shooter and then we have a star scorer and then we can just well, be nick I, 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 like, I, I, like I, like I feel like if you're not if you're not one of those poster superstars then you're a role player anyway there's nothing wrong with being a role player that's the point of basketball can i interject real quick wait hold on wait wait john hold on, hold on. Yeah. and then johnny go ahead Kendrick. hold on okay okay let, let, let me right all right so my yeah, with the rondo thing Rondo and Draymond are completely different just because, like, I think people overrate. Like, Draymond's a great passer, a great decision maker. I don't think he's, like, a great playmaker. Like, he's not going to come down like how Rondo was and control the rock, control the ball, control the tempo. Draymond's a great decision maker. Like, if, if he runs pick and roll with Steph, Steph dump, dumps it off to him and there's a guy in the corner open, Draymond can make that pass or he can make the lob. But Draymond's not going to come down like Rondo. Like, Draymond's not going to come down like, yo, set the screen. Take it off the dribble, try to make something happen. That's not who Draymond is. He's a, he's that's not there. There's no use. No, that's not Draymond. Rondo was a guy who was coming down and making shit happen. Jay, so like, you're trying to have Draymond kind of be like a Ben Simmons type of guy. They have some of the skill sets, but Draymond is not that type of guy to bring up the ball and, and set the half court offense. This is not who. Yeah, that's not who Draymond is. Who he is. That's Dray Dray is a guy who. Yeah, Dray, okay. Jay, you gotta move on. Oh, gotta, okay. We gonna move on. Right, you gotta move on. Finish it off. Finish it off. Okay. Can I finish it off real quick? I just, I just wanted to get just one word in. I just wanted to finish it off real quick. At the end of the day, I saw with Kendrick because if, 
the end of the day, I just feel like you guys are underestimating playmaking. And at the end of the day, playmaking is one of the skills that teams are looking for today. Because you can have – unless you have a superstar that can do everything, you need – like everybody that can, like you said, fill their roles in that playmaking role. You don't win championships without it. Draymond Green is a player coach. Rajon Wando, Chris Paul, Nash, Jerry West, like all the way back to. Hold on, bro. I don't want. I don't mean to. My bad, bro. I don't mean. I don't mean to cut you off, bro. Come on, man. Come on, dog. We're gonna do it. We got it. One more thing, bro. One more thing, bro. One more thing. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Listen. When you, right. you you're categorizing Draymond with people he has no business being with, you're talking about Chris Paul, Rondo, Steve Nash, guys who are actually initiating the offense. Draymond's not doing that, bro. He's a great decision maker and a great passer. He's not a great playmaker. Playmakers are guys who can take the ball and create stuff for the team, bro. Draymond Steph is really the one creating stuff, everything. Draymond's a good decision maker, good passer. He'll get the assist, but he's not coming down. And like I said, making shit happen. He's not gonna come down, take some take somebody up the dribble and free somebody up for a bucket, bro. That's not who he is. Okay, we gonna we gonna listen. We gonna have to rebring. We gonna have to have this conversation at another time. <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're this is really an intense thing. This is really an intense thing on, a whole, on being yeah. a role what a role player is. So we gonna have to re, we gonna have to revisit this topic. We gonna we gonna put this on hold for sure. But we gonna bring it back. We gonna bring it back. Trust me. Now moving on, we gonna we gonna move on to you know to to, to the Philly sports. You have to you gotta throw in the Philly sports all the time and. I need to get y'all thoughts. Y'all know Tyrese Maxey, he's been hooping, you know, as a starter. He got a, he had a little, was it, I think it was a, it was a foot or ankle injury, and he's coming back off of that. And then now he's like, he's seeing how the offense has been going without him there, and he's like, I mean, he could, he could thrive in a six-man role, but will he thrive in a six-man role? Everybody could think they can do something, but something's not them. Do y'all think Tyrese Maxey can thrive in a six-man role? I'm going to go to Corday first. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, I'll I'll go first. Um, I feel like with uh, it makes the most logical sense for Tyrese Maxey to come off of the bench. But me being a Tyrese Maxey fan, I'm just I'm just not a fan of him coming off the bench. Um, I know DeAnthony Melton is a better defender and he's going to bring defense, but I value Tyrese Maxey's scoring ability and ability to play off of James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Tobias so much more. Uh, I feel like if you want to make a lineup change, the person who should be going to the bench is P.J. Tucker. Don't get me wrong. P.J. Tucker is not going to go out there. His role is not to be a scorer. His role is not to shoot 53s a game. But at the same time, the role that he does, he can excel and have success with it coming off of the bench. If I'm Doc Rivers. What I'm doing is I am starting James Harden at the one, Maxi at the two, Melton at the three, Harris at the four, and Embiid at the five. I'm putting my five best players on the court to play together. Like I said, I know it makes the most logical sense for him to come off the bench so you have that scoring power off the bench, someone who can play make off the bench. But for me, I don't even like Tyrese Maxey in the role as a bench playmaker because Tyrese Maxey excels so much well when he, when he, when he just gets to play free. You know, James Harden is a guy where he creates for – he. James Harden is one of the best playmakers in the league. He creates open shots for a guy like Tyrese Maxey. Joel Embiid, who's improved this year as a passer, averaging five assists, when he's doubled, it, it's a short pass to the corner for a Tyrese Maxey three, who's shooting over 40% on corner three. Um, 
And then when, when you have those two guys creating for you, it becomes much easier for you to create your own shot, for you to put the ball on the floor, get, get to your spot, get to the basket, attack the rim. Now I feel like he's going to have more pressure of – because Doc Rivers, for some reason, Sixers fans know, he likes to run all bench lineups. Now you're putting more pressure on Tyrese Maxey, not only as a scorer, but also as a creator. Where last night in the game where uh, they played Portland, although he had a good outing scoring 16 points and I believe uh, three uh, three rebounds with five assists, it was just he was just out there chucking shots because he wasn't too familiar with that unit. He's he, he's better when he's getting the running transition when James Harden finding him when he's getting the playoff of a Tobias Harris when he's getting the playoff of Joel Embiid. The game comes much easier to him. So me personally, I like Tyrese Maxey more in the role as a starter. Hmm. Okay, that was some nice thoughts, Johnny. What, what's your thoughts on it? You know, what, what, what you how you feeling on the six man role, Tyrese Maxey? Is it him or is it not him? Well, first of all, I just want to piggyback on what Core said. I bent previous segment. I said PJ Tucker should go to the bench, but at the same time, I wanted Melton to start. No shade, and I love Maxey. I do. But it's actually for the opposite of everything you said, Cord. I believe that he will, as time goes on, he'll get used to the second unit. And I believe this second unit needs him, like, to provide that scoring ability. I don't think it's too much pressure on him. And I feel like he does have some help in Georgie Niang. I wanted to bring him up um, a while ago. But me personally, I am a fan of Big Bang Niang. But just it just to come to my main point is that I think Maxi will in time be used to that second unit, and I do like Melton for the same reason that you just said, his defending ability. I think he's just a tiny bit better defender than Maxi. I actually like Maxi on defense. I'm not worried about it. But at the same time, I do agree with the same concept of moving P.J. Tucker to the bench but my five would have been Embiid, um, what was it? I said Toby, I think Melton, Harden, who's my, I forgot who was my fifth. But I did want P.J. Tucker to the bench. I didn't, I did, but I did want Maxie on um, I wanted Maxie to come off the bench though to leave that starting unit. Um, I mean, to leave that second unit after the starting, uh, starting bench six. I did like Maxie. Hmm. All right. I don't uh, think Johnny's wrong. I, half of me kind of agrees. Like I said, it's most likely it's, – it's probably the best psychological move. But my thing is I just keep thinking about who the coach is, and the coach is Doc Rivers. And sadly enough, I feel like it's more pressure on Maxi because Doc Rivers loves to run all bench lineups where, you know, you have most teams where they balance it out where when one star goes to the bench, we leave this other star in. No, so far since Maxie's been on the bench, is, but besides the fourth quarter, because Maxie has been in the closing lineup, besides the fourth quarter, Maxie's playing with all bench, with, with all bench players. And credited Niang, I do, I am a big fan of George Niang, but realistically, he's, he's an inconsistent shooter. Okay, fair. You can give him some, give him some thoughts now. Now, Seen. 40, 40%. 40%. 40%. Go ahead, Seen. My fault, my fault. Go ahead, Seen. 40%. I uh I agree with Core. Me and Core like we talked we already talked about this a lot, but I don't think like uh I think Maxi is at his best when he's playing off of stars. Like that's his game. I don't think his game is a guy to come on and run a unit. Like you see if you watch when he's out there with just the bench, the offense is very stagnant. And I'm not saying it's like 
I'm not saying it's Maxi's fault. It's just like Maxi's not just he's just not a natural like facilitator playmaker. He's a he's a bucket. And I feel like he's best playing off of him, be playing off of Harden and getting to a bucket. I think the only reason Doc brought him off the bench is because he doesn't know how to do rotations. He doesn't know how to stagnate minutes. Uh, I agree with Corey. I would I would bench PJ. I would have the same be Harden, Maxi, Melton, Tobias, and Embiid, and then just stagnate the minutes. Have like Maxi in with Harden or Embiid at all times. Like he just keeps on trying to do these five out five in lineups, like it's like it's like it's a rec league or something like that, bro. You an NBA coach, a, a veteran NBA coach too at that point, still doing. All bench lineups, like it just, it's not gonna work out like that. Uh, listen, personally, I'm hearing a lot. Of, I'm hearing a lot of y'all thoughts. I'm hearing a lot of things. One thing though, y'all saying put PJ Tucker to the bench. I'm not gonna lie. We paying that man ten million dollars. He's gonna be out there, even though he's doing cardio and playing defense. He's gonna be out there doing cardio and playing defense as a starter because you gotta look at it like this: the Anthony Melton is six two. What defense is he going to do with somebody who is 6'8", who is 6'3", who not even 6'3", I'll give him a defense on 6'3", who is 6'6", six, six or taller. Seriously, we got to be, like, y'all got to look at it from even a, just a height perspective and a weight perspective. Like, P.J. Tucker can do a little bit more and can guard a little and can and be able to guard a little bit more and guard a little bit better because of his height, his size, his weight versus um, Anthony Melton. I'm just saying off of that alone, off the strength alone, you got to look at it and be like, okay. Do I think Tyrese Maxey can can uh, flourish in the six man role? One hundred percent. I think he has to get everything comes with time and rhythm when you're starting something new or putting in a new role. Like that's all it is. It's just you got to give him time, and once he get once he actually gets his groove and they actually get some offense going where they can where they can distribute and everybody. And I feel like with that second unit, if you haven't leading Tyrese Maxey, y'all shouldn't be trying to do no half court offense. You need to be you need to be running and gunning. We gotta get up court. We gotta push the ball when it's this because pushing the ball, having the the uh the court spread out, having Niang in there, uh Milton, having people who can score, who can shoot, get them out there, have push the ball, get some quick threes going. That's that's the type of offense and the type of thing they need to start pushing in that second unit with Maxi as the head of it. I don't, they can't. I feel like half court offense. You got to do that with Joel in there. You got to, because that, that's all him. Boom. You know what I'm saying? He can do a lot. But listen, with, when he's not in there, y'all got to be running and gunning. That's that's the success right there, running and gunning when Joel's not in the game. You know, Kendrick, I, I agree with you, bro. I think uh, definitely Melton being too small probably hinders that lineup. But, like, even if you want Maxie off the bench, I just don't think it makes sense to have – like he be having Harden and Embiid off the bench. I feel like one of those two should be on the floor at all times, just because I don't view Maxi as like that primary playmaker to just run the offense. I think he's an off guard. I think he excels in that role, and I think he should be starting. The main reason I think he should be starting is just because like he gets you so many easy buckets out there, and like at the start of the game, especially around the playoffs, you need as many buckets as you can. You want to get out to the big leads early on, and Maxi gives you big leads early on. Like he's gonna get you like he'll go on the big behind scoring routes or scoring uh scoring sprees early on in the game now you up 10 like that just puts you in a better position I, I can get why people want to start melting and i can get why people want to bench maxi my thing is bro just doc gotta stop having maxi out there by himself like you have two stars for a reason one of those stars should be on and i agree with kendrick talking about the running and gunning uh but like i said i just feel like it's going to be hard to do that in a all bench lineup with shake milton and tyrese maxi i feel like like Seam was saying, you should have one of the two stars in there all the time. And I like the idea of running and gunning while Embiid's on the bench. So I feel like you should keep him in with James Harden because 
we've seen successful minutes these, these past couple of weeks with Montrez Harrell running the pick and roll, but he's been running it with James Harden. When James Harden is one of the best playmakers in the game, and I don't. Yeah, know I was going to say he's, he's a playmaker. Trash. He's an elite. He's he's a, he's an all ball guard. Tyrese Maxey's not going to have Trez looking good in that pick and roll like Harden does because Maxey is better off the ball as a combo guard, scoring, getting to the rim, shooting threes, and his playmaking comes. It, the, the assist Tyrese Maxey get is not from becoming an elite passer. It's just making the right pass at the right time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with not being an elite passer. It's okay not to be an elite passer, but if you're making the smart basketball decision and move, that's the best thing you can do for your team. You don't have to be an elite passer to make the smart pass. You don't have to be. Oh, you got to do a nice little yeah, bounce pass. But, but, but when you're when you're running when you're running with a second unit of all bench players, you're gonna have you're gonna need some kind of playmaking. And uh, Maxi's playmaking is not on a high enough level yet to carry an all bench unit by himself. Which so far he's only been playing with only a bench unit. Okay. You no, know, I, I I agree with Corey. Like, as good as Maxi is, he's just not a guy who's gonna, like he said, run that pick and roll with Montrez and you know get that pass through that window or like drop down and see somebody in the corner. Like, he's a reactionary passer, and if he sees the pass, he'll make it. But he's not like he has to improve on that end. And uh, I guess putting him in his role will it's gonna help him improve. But I just don't think it's worth. I guess it's still pretty early in the season, so like it's it's worth trying it out. I guess I just don't think it's gonna work out because I don't think that makes his game. John, you got some final thoughts on it? Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like I said before, it depends on like if, if if he can get more support, if, if, then he'd be alright. Okay, fair, fair. All right, let's let's move on. Listen, we what is it? We in the middle? It's it's January twentieth. You know, All Star Break is, is right around the corner. It's coming up. You know, and we got to start looking at it. What teams are going to be buyers and sellers? What teams are looking to be like, listen, we might as well focus next year, focus on the draft, get some players and free agents, free agency, and so we're going to have to sell some pieces. So what teams do you feel like should be buyers, being like, we need X, we need these two players to really uh, complete our team to make it a championship team? Or what team should be a seller and be like, huh, here y'all go. I think it's time for y'all to, you know, I think it's time for you to spread your wings, go try and help a team win a championship somewhere. So, Cordae, I see you meet your mic first. So, what you, who you got? For me, um, I feel like I'll start with my buyers. I feel like we're kind of in both conferences in the East and the West where the standings are kind of so tight where I feel like everybody from one through maybe six, seven should be buyers. Um, and then also you have a, a, a scenario where since the standings are so tight, you might have a lot of teams who want to stay packed and could just hope to maybe have a team go on a losing streak and, and you go on a winning streak to try to create some separation. But right now I feel like in both conferences, teams like one through six will be buyers. But for me, I start off with my seller. I'm not too sure how you guys feel about this. Not too sure if anyone else here would agree with me. Uh, from, for me, I feel like it's time for the Raptors to blow it up. Um, I feel like it, it, it's time for the Raptors to, to become sellers. Um, I just feel like that the roster that they have, they have good players on the roster, but necessarily the fit just isn't there anymore. They still, they're still a team who's going to come out, play hard, and compete, but I just feel like it's time to go in a different direction from guys like Pascal and guys like OG. Let them go 
they they helped you win a championship with Kawhi Leonard. Let them go branch off and 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 do their own things now. I feel like it's time for the Raptors to blow it up. Me personally. Okay, we got we got the Raptors blowing it up. Time to hit the reset button. Reset, 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 reset. And I uh, think that's so important for a lot of reasons, for a though. Lot of man. Reasons, though. Uh, Scotty Barnes, it did, uh, Fred Van Vliet just isn't the point guard for Scotty Barnes. Uh, yeah, I just think it is time to blow it up. I don't disagree with you there, Corey. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Scotty Barnes because I would like to see Scotty Barnes. If, I would like to see if I like Scotty Barnes. I feel like he has a good upside, and I would like I think, to see him. Take more control and see if he, if he can grow into a bigger role. I, I think he's one of those guys he can play the one to four, maybe some five at a little bit. You know, if he does grow, how tall is Scotty Barnes? Six eight, six nine. I think he definitely could. So yeah, definitely want to see that. Go ahead, Kendrick. All right, listen, we gonna we gonna go to we gonna go to just John. Who your buyers and who your sellers? <laughs> who? Let me know. <laughs> well, yeah. honestly, I. Yeah, yes, sir. Real quick, I just want to just piggyback on what Core said. I just agree with the buyer should be just um, seeds one through six for the obvious reasons, like just trying to make playoff pushes. But um, honestly, um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. As far as the sellers, the sellers, the sellers, the seller, um, the sellers that I'm going to focus on. Um, believe it or not, I think I, I'm going with the San Antonio's first. Because um, they do have trade assets, and at the end of the day, they probably are in, I mean, other than the Houston Rockets, they're probably in the highest position to get Wimbayana, um, hopefully next, this upcoming season. So I think they should just, if you talk about blow it up, I think they, they're in the most, they're in the highest position because they, <laughs> other, uh, they're, they're clearly going to, they're going to keep Keldon Johnson, but uh, Poto is really looking like a major trade asset, and they probably can get something good for him, so I got them down as being my, uh, my my biggest seller. But at the end of the day, there's something that does stand out to me. Um, the um, New Orleans Pelicans, they're having like a uh, a pretty okay season. I actually didn't know that. I actually forgot about this. They're like, yeah, yeah, low key. But they have this, they got this pick with the Lakers for the 20, it's, it's a high pick from the Lakers from, for, uh, for this year's draft. And if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, then the Pelicans are in prime position to have a high draft pick. And I think um, since the trade deadline is coming up and since they're doing so well, I mean, it's not crazy to say that they should dangle that thing out there as, like, bait just to see who's biting. I mean, why not? I mean, but at the end of the day, the only they, the only way they'll consider trading the pick is if they believe that the Lakers won't, uh, you know, they're going to make the playoffs or the play-in. Because I think they lose that pick if they do. But if they, but the way the Lakers season is going, I mean, if I'm the Pels, I'm putting that thing up for grabs, and I'm looking for an a, a, a good asset to add to um to my team. And honestly, I'm looking at Miles Turner. I feel like Miles Turner will be a good fit for the Pelicans. He's already having a career year, and they got a uh, in the Pistons. I think they got a high price tag on him. But I think the um that that could probably met. Uh, the uh, Pelicans can use the Lakers pick to just meet that and probably take Miles Turner and go on the playoff run. But that's all I got so far. That, this is pretty interesting. Huh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Now, Steve, what, 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 what you, who your buyer and who your seller? 
Well, before I get into that, I just wanted to touch on the Pelicans for a little bit. I think uh, with the picks, it's like a pick swap. So the Pelicans, the Lakers, they they just swapping uh, swapping picks. My my thing with that, what you just said, I agree. They like uh, eventually should should start looking, but I just think because they have so many injuries, so many guys in and out the lineup, it's like it's hard to tell what they need. And it's like Miles Turner is good, but it's like do they do they need Miles Turner? Because it's like they they like Larry Nance and like uh like Valanciunas is still good for, for like for certain teams. It's like I don't know, but for me. My um, it's kind of hard because I feel like the teams that should be selling are trying to buy right now. I'm a go, I'm a Bulls fan, and I feel like we should be hard selling right now. I feel like we, be, we should be trading some guys away. For some reason, we we trying to be buyers, but like it's clear what it's clear our ceiling is like a first round exit at best, and it don't, it don't even like we're gonna be doing that. Like we struggling to make the plan, so I feel like we should be hard sellers. And for buyers, I feel like the Phoenix Suns should be trying to do something. They still got their picks. They got some. They got some good contracts they could trade away, and uh, it's a little bit of foreshadowing, but. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like the Suns can make something happen. Okay, that's fair. Listen, you brought up the Suns, and I wanted to I wanted to touch on the Suns. You know what? You know what time it is in in Phoenix in in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It's time it's time to hit the reset button. I'm gonna be honest. It's time to hit the reset. Really? You gonna hit the reset button? You said we gonna have to. You don't get moving. They were just the first seed, bro. Huh? Damn, they were just the first seed, bro. <laughs> they ain't got right now. I didn't, that threw me off. I didn't expect that. Go ahead, Kendrick. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Sons, might as well be some sellers. They might as well just kick the bucket. DeAndre Ayers really ain't going to be there. I'm going to keep it a buck. He, he really don't. They, 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 they gave him the bare minimum. They said, what are you worth? And they told somebody else to make the offer so we can pay him what y'all think he's worth. That, that says is, a lot. That I'm is just, fair. Listen, that's all I'm saying. Um, another. Fair. Another team, another team that should be a seller. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. The Chicago Bulls. They got they got a seller. That's our seller. No, but they got a nice young core with Dalen Terry, uh, Patrick Williams. Uh, it's time to sell. It's time it's to sell. To sell. I I think, no, no, no. It's time to good daddle. Good daddle. Get him out. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. I'll be honest. Listen, some buyers though. Some buyers. I'll give you all some buyers though. One one team that I see that should be a buyer, the Dallas Mavericks. They gotta be buyers. They gotta be buyers. This is ridiculous. They yeah, gotta be- I said that. I said that. Listen, honestly, it's easy to say that, bro. But it is. They don't. The Mavericks don't have anything to buy. Like, they don't have no money. They don't have nothing. They, I don't know. They're gonna have to rub some pennies together. Some I don't know, but they <laughs> they gotta be buyers. Like, they got some late. They got oh. some late first round picks. They can get like. They, they gotta look for some. Uh, they can get like a John Collins. Yeah. Like, like a late first they round gotta round. go and look for some couch change, though. Nobody's gonna pay John Collins and his money, though. He fits what Nobody wanna cut that team. He does, though. Not his race. That contract don't fit with the team. That's the problem. They got two late first round picks. It's first round picks. They're late ones. I forget what. No, late first. Tyrese Maxey was, well, he was a semi-mid late first round. But, you know, you'll get your few gems in the late uh, first round. What's Christian Wood's contract? Ain't he eligible for to be extended? I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he deserved that. But, hey. Christian Wood had. But I agree, though. They should buy. Compared to what he was doing? I don't know, man. I agree that Dallas should buy too, but I also agree with Steve. They don't have nothing to trade. They have two of the, the worst. The Mavericks roster. 
They have two bad contracts tied up into uh, Davis Bertans and and uh, that's ridiculous. I can't even think of it. Tim Hardaway Jr. They're they're paying Davis of it like it's Davis ridiculous. Like, it's, no 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 no. no, no. Like, that would be like, if, you the the if you want to try to trade for yeah, the Wizards gave him that contract. So the Wizards would do. And no and no one is going to take Bertans and Hardaway Jr. They're five year ninety million dollar deal. Crazy. They had to. They had to have a fair trade off to get rid of Porzingis, though. Like you gotta, you gotta understand why that trade had happened and what and why pieces was moved in that sense. Because Porzingis, I still feel had, like Porzingis and Luca should have worked out well. I don't know whether it was whether it was the coach wasn't putting the guys on the court. How you want? Who was somebody who got the same the same the same the same uh place the same body as AD? <laughs> Come on! Come on! <laughs> Man, man was the man. Him and him and AD was was top two in street clothes. Like, come on, let's be for real. Let's be for real. That was top two. They the they the two big men in the street clothes. Yeah, we going deep. This a real session now. Okay, all right. Bro, with KP, with KP, you know, even when even when KP was hooping, like in the playoffs, like his his production got limited. Like he was just sitting in the corner because he couldn't do. Like he was he was he was corny. Let's just keep it a bean. Like he was corny in the playoffs, and they had to sit his ass in the corner. It was like you just gonna be sitting in the corner. We don't get Spencer Dinwiddie to come and make some plays for us. Like let's just be honest, bro. KP was corny. Corny. Okay. All right. KP was corny then. Kendrick, go ahead. Bring it back to you. Listen, listen. That's all I'm saying. But listen, since we're on this topic, and you know we already talking about who's buying sellers. Let me hear, let me, let me, who got some great trades, some, like, some hot trades that might actually go through and be like, you know, if you put this in a trade simulator, you're going to get all greens like that, that parlay that Johnny going to hit tonight. So, <laughs> get some green, green trades. Oh, man. I, I, here, here. I got I'll start it off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I have a couple of trades, but I'm going to do these ones first. Okay. So. This I'm not going to give them all in one. I'm going to give one, someone else goes, and then we'll come back. But I just want you guys to understand the theme of my first couple of trades, okay? Gotcha. So we we talked about our buyers and our sellers. I said my seller should be the Toronto Raptors. So I'm going to start off with the first trade I think the Toronto Raptors should make in selling their team. And that trade is going to start with their superstar player who goes by the name of Pascal Siakam. So this is a little right. for, uh, this this was a little bit about seems said earlier about the Suns you know the Suns should be buyers and I have Pascal Siakam going to the Phoenix Suns that would be my great trade packages my trade packages Pascal Siakam and Thaddeus Young going to Phoenix for and for Jay Crowder Dario Saric DeAndre Aiden a 2024 second a 2025 first a 2027 first and a 2023 first. So the Raptors are getting the Raptors are getting three first round picks for a superstar player in Pascal Siakam and a second. So and and that that contract they're getting of Jay Crowder, if they want, they could reach a, a buyout agreement and let Jay Crowder walk, go go to a team of his own, or you could even potentially try to get a third team involved that is interested in Jay Crowder. Dar, Dario Saric, he's he's on a one year, uh, nine and a half million dollar contract that's expiring. So you get DeAndre Aiden, a guy who, you know, he, he's a little frustrated right now in, in Phoenix. Guy seems like he doesn't want to be in Phoenix. And what's the problem that the Toronto Raptors lack? Size at the center position. You, you get a guy in Aiden who's young, 
who could develop and who could be one of your main pieces in a rebuild next to Scotty Barnes. And not only are you getting DeAndre Aiden, you're getting those three first round draft picks. I have two mm. of them unprotected, and I have one, and I have one protected, lottery protected uh, later on because we don't, we won't know what the roster will be like. But I feel like Chris Paul, who's been struggling a little bit, if you get from a guy like Pascal Siakam, we could see maybe a different, a, a different side of Chris Paul. Uh, Devin, when Devin Booker comes back, we all know what he does: twenty-seven points a game, underrated playmaker, guy who could one of the deepest backs in the league, guy who can create for himself in any aspect, three-level scorer. And they get, they're, they're losing Dario Sarge and Jay Crowder, but they're getting that back in a guy who, in Thaddeus Young, guy who can shoot the three, guy who rebounds, guy who playmakes. He, he, he's, he's literally like your poor Draymond, your poor man Draymond Green. Thaddeus Young, veteran experience. So they get, they get two players that can help them compete for a championship in a tough West. Bro, I don't think it's a terrible trade, but I just think, like, when we talking about Pascal, we talking about a, a top-20 guy. Like, I'm thinking we're getting a Donovan Mitchell-type return for him. It's like DeAndre ain't cool, but it's like, like if I'm the Raptors, I'm thinking, like, I want, like, three, four rotation players, like, three, four picks. Like, that's that's how I'm thinking. I'm not thinking, like, oh, DeAndre and Jay Crowder, that, that joint got my mouth watering. Like, no, I, I, want, some, <laughs> I, want, some, I want a little more than that, bro. Like, Wait, and then the thing is for me too is with DeAndre Ayton as the number one pick, he's he's kind of been underwhelming. His stats yeah, may yeah. not look like it, right? But the stats are not even number one pick worthy either. At least if you look yeah. at the other people in his draft class, that's not number one. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I might be wrong. I'm not saying you're if wrong. If he goes to the Raptors, he's still wrong. Right. I'm not saying you're wrong, team. I'm not. I'm not mad at you disagreeing, but it, it's just a start. Uh, it's just a start for me for what I got. Yeah, I don't. I don't going. think. I don't think it's a terrible trade. I don't think it's a like. I don't think it's the worst trade in the world. I just think the Raptors want a little more for Pesca. I'm just not crazy about it. Then you know, maybe DeAndre Ayton could unlock that number one potential. That's what people thought he was with the Raptors. Scotty and Ayton's not bad. I like. I like. I, I like it. So uh, we going team. Actually, let's go to team. Who who you got in your in your in your little in your little uh, in your little trade simulator? Who what, what's, what's working right. out? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I got some crazy trades, y'all. Uh, I got some crazy trades. Some trades that might come out from left field that might not be expecting them. But I'm gonna start <laughs> off with something a little team. All right, one of y'all. I'm pretty sure one of y'all are Knicks fans, right? Uh, no, he's not here. Oh, he's not oh, okay. here. All right. All, right. All, right. All right, so my first one involves the Knicks getting a nice little all-star guard, a bucket getter. I'm training Zach Levine to the Knicks, man. So the Knicks get Whoa. Zach Levine, they get Kobe White, and they get Derrick Jones Jr. Hmm. And the Bulls in return get Cameron Reddish, Quentin Grimes, Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, the 2023 first-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick. I love it for the Knicks. The Bulls, I'm not so sure. Uh, but hey, if you listen, are, I think if, it's good, if bro. You're gonna, if you're going to blow that it up, makes the Bulls are blowing it up, I'm not mad. Wow. I think I'm this will be a chance. Bro. That makes a lot of sense. Cam Reddish can finally be the guy who we all thought he could when he came out of high school. Because I always said he was outside of Zion. He was probably better than R.J. Barrett, in my opinion. He just never got the chance to showcase it. Come on, we got to love the trade just off of the simple fact of Derrick Rose going back to Chicago. Yeah, D. Rose went back to Chicago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, D. Rose. And with thinking, I, I could come out and, and come out and be like, 
oh no, we need four, we need four first round picks and RJ Bear for Zach Levine. But I'm I'm trying to be a little realistic here and just just know where Zach right. Levine's trade value is right now. I think the the main piece for for this for me as a Bulls fan that I'm loving is Quentin Grimes. I think Quentin Grimes is going to be a great player in this league for a long time. A guy that's playing defense, going to knock down shots. Could put he's great off the catch and uh great at attacking uh closeouts. Like I, I'm a big fan of Quentin Grimes and, and Cam Reddish. I mean, listen. Cam Reddish is cool, bro, but I think he got a little potential. I'm not the biggest fan of Cam, but I think he's got to be part of the deal. But I'll, I'll take him on the Bulls. But I thought Scotty Barnes so Quentin Grimes, he's not him. So you you sure he's him? Listen, I I don't think Quentin Grimes gonna be no star, but <laughs> listen, Quentin Grimes gonna be he Quentin Grimes gonna he gonna have a long career. And he gonna be getting paid. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Now we gotta we gotta tap in with just Johnny. You know, he he his his trade similar is like his parlays. They nothing but green. So let me let's hear it. Let's see. Hey, you better advocate for the sixes. That's the way trade I want to hear for you, Johnny. Uh Johnny has a little technical difficulties. Yeah, uh, Man, Johnny in space right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Kenji. I'm just quick. And we gonna we gonna swing it back to you so you can get so we can get another trade in. So while we wait for Johnny to come back, listen, I've been sitting here and I've been thinking, I've been trying to figure out what what's a trade that could work, what's a trade that's gonna be, you know, suffice and what what a team needs. I'm looking at what team needs versus what team wants. And honestly, I just. I just I see team I just don't I just actually can't formulate even a good enough trade where people are being like oh okay they can do this to this and it really benefit because all the teams that's looking to trade like for, for example I feel like the Mavericks for the key piece they either they either really need to find another three and D type of player who's actually going to be a consistent three point shooter because like they're so wishy washy everybody else you know you can you get Reggie Bullock you can see him he knocked down three threes in like four games in a row and then you go three four games in a row with him and he not making a shot he out here building a house you know he part of the brickyard for some reason like come on like let's really talk about it like you know I feel like though but it's just like. I personally can't think of a trade that's really going to mesh well where everybody even is beneficial or even sometimes you can fleece people because people be getting fleeced nowadays. Like, and then and honestly, there's also a trade where you just got to blow it up. And I feel like the Spurs, they might as well just start looking to dish off people. Patel, somebody need a big man. Somebody going to want him and be like, yo, we going to have to get you two, three picks for him at this point. And even because like I even hear about Raptors and talking about OG. They keep talking about some. We need a we need a Dejounte Mary type of haul with him. Is he is he is he really? But the question is, is he really worth that type of haul? Does he does he who the way he does for that type of haul? Uh, somebody, uh, somebody give me an answer. Somebody talk uh, to me because I, I don't know. Can I actually can I actually hit on both the both the names you just dropped? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. All by all means, okay, by all means. I'll, I'm I'm glad you said that because I have a player involving both trades. Um or I have a trade involving both players. Which trade do you want first? What player do you want first? Well see that OG trade. Let's get it. Let me get OG. Okay, I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna drop the OG trade first. Um so seeing your trade earlier, I love your trade. Um although I do think it's time for the Bulls to blow it up. I didn't 
and you know I'm a Zach Levine fan, I just didn't see that, like, dominant scoring guard to put next to Jalen Brunson that the Knicks will want in this potential uh, trade deadline. So what I did for the New York Knicks was I gave them OG Ananobi, a guy who is a, a fantastic three-point shooter, guys averaging 17, 18 points a game, a guy who I feel like will give you elite defense next to Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett and, I, and OG Ananobi will be good together defensively. R.J. Barrett has developed into a not an elite, but a, a solid, capable defender. Julius Randle has been back to his all-NBA form for the Knicks so far this year. So the trade I have for them is I have them getting uh, Evan Fournier just, just to make the money match. Uh, Obi Toppin, uh, uh, you know, a, a young young big guy, a guy who could run, guy who hasn't really gotten his chance in New York because of guys like Julius Randle. And I have the Raptors getting two first-round picks for OG. I feel like OG Ananobi will get the Toronto Raptors two first-round picks. I have a first round pick in 2023 and a first round and a first round pick in 2025 from the Knicks going to going to the Raptors, both unprotected. The Knicks, the Knicks is a team where the Knicks they they have so many draft picks where they will be able to make a move this year and potentially do something big either next trade deadline or in the offseason. And the 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 2023 first round pick I have from them, I believe, is coming from Dallas. Well, I love it, bro. I, I I wanted to do an OG to the Knicks I'm trade too, mad. but I want to do a little. I want to do a little blockbuster one and trade my man Zig. But I think OG fits the Knicks perfect. He's he's a typical guy in my eyes. Like he's going he's going to play defense, knock down shots, he'll put on the floor a little bit. I, I love OG with the Knicks. <laughs> with Thibodeau, he might play fifty minutes, and the game don't even go to half. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen. You gonna play them fifty minutes? You gonna play them drums hard though? Like I, I love OG. How you feel, Kendrick? Uh, listen, I was hearing it, and honestly, I like the hall for him. I like, I like the back. I like it actually. I think that's a quality trade. Honestly, now I can see his value. Now you gave me where his value was, and I appreciate that because I was really lost on his value. His value, because I was like, what, what, is he is he really worth it? But the way you what you put together. I feel like that's a that's a that's a that's a green bean right there in the trade simulator. We're we're getting we're that's going through. And I feel like it, I feel like it's good for the Raptors because they're getting two first round picks that they could turn into something. Definitely, definitely. Okay, listen, this 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 is just a question that I got that I've been thinking since we've been talking and everything. Since we've been talking about trades and picks going around. You know, let's 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 do a real quick one, real quick take. Who who you think gonna get the number one the number one the number one pick by the end of the season? I got oh, Pistons or OKC. Houston, 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 they gonna mess it up somehow. Bro. I don't trust the Hornets. They gonna mess it up somehow, bro. I, I said that in the previous segment when they out. Yeah, that's 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 Oh, yeah, no way, nah, nah. The team that I would let it, I know we, we kind of getting off track, but 
a team that I would love Victor to be on is the Orlando Magic. I feel like they got a lot of I great like pieces it. over there, and I think Victor is a guy who can go in and fit right in. Bro, I think Victor can go in there and get whatever they need at the center spot. Get rid of Mo Baba because he's probably the most useless out of those three. Bo Bo, Victor, yeah, Mo Baba. I think Victor could play. Victor can go over there. He could. You could have lineups with him and Wendell, obviously with Paulo, like. I think Victor will fit right in with Orlando, and that will make him a scary team. Having Paulo and Victor and Franz, like that will make him very scary. Hey, I, I love that. I'm gonna just say this. So yeah, I, before I we get back on track, I don't want to get too off topic. I love that scene, but for me, honestly, it would be like you know, you know, Bron's my guy. But if somehow the Lakers could keep losing and the Pelicans is able to get that first round pick, and you could have Victor next to Brandon Ingram and Zion, bro. That'll be something crazy to watch, man. Bro, that would be, be insane. Bro. <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. That would be insane. All right, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, but listen, who who else got some who who else got some trades? Who else got some trades though? Like, let's get let's get back to Johnny the trade. Is Johnny back? Johnny, we got we got just Johnny back in the back in the building. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bro, you still sounding like a robot, bro. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Go ahead, Kenzie. Well, listen, we're gonna do at least two more trades, and then we'll just wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Hey, man, I got some for you. I got some for you, bro. I got. Bear with me, man. All right. So I got the Phoenix Suns. Acquiring some talent. They calling up Charlotte. I got Phoenix mm. getting Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, and PJ Washington. Mm. They're trading away a 2023 first round pick, a 2025 top five protected, a 2027 swap, Jay Crowder, and Chris Paul. Mm. Uh, I got them trading Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not only old. Job. <laughs> Chris Paul is not only old, he's not only on a big contract. That boy is trash. He cannot hoop. He can't do anything. Get him off the team. The Phoenix Suns, I, I have a, I have beef with Chris Paul, bro, because the Phoenix Suns were the first seed when D-Book was out there running the show. They were hooping. D-Book was having them hooping. CP comes back. Now Book, now Book is shooting bad. The Suns start, start, start losing, whatever. CP is a negative asset. I think you go over there and get Terry Rozier, pair up D-Book and Terry Rozier in the backcourt. You got Kelly Rube, PJ Washington. Like, those are two good rotational pieces. Like, I think that makes the Suns a lot better. And you have Debo run the show, bro. I think get Chris Paul out of there, man. He, he watched. Get him out. Yeah, Chris Paul. I, I like it. Chris Paul, 37. I just keep forgetting that. I just forget that sometimes. Oh, he's been in the league for so long. Yeah, all I'm going to say is starting the show. All right, that's all I'm going to say. It's starting the show. <laughs> It's definitely showing this year. All right, show it. Uh, man, you're right. I'm not mad. I think it's a doable trade. I think it should be done. I think it should be done. Cordell, uh, so, all right, I'm going to go. I know Colin said I know Colin said two more, but I feel like I, I don't have that many more left. I feel like I could bang them out quick. Um, okay. So my next one, my next one I'm going to go. Um, before, before I'm going to just – before I give my, my last two, I just want to get out my last uh, – my last Raptors trade since I had the All Raptors right. blowing it up. Um, I have Devontae Graham. I, I have Devontae Graham, Dyson Daniels, and a first round pick 
going to the Pelicans for Gary Trent Jr. and and uh, Malachi Flynn. Uh, you have to give them Devontae Graham to make the money work. They get a first-round pick for Gary Trent, where I feel like Gary Trent is good enough to get you at least one first-round pick. And they get a, a guy in Dyson Daniels, who's a rookie uh, guy that they could use to uh, develop with with the mention trade I've, I've mentioned trades I named earlier with them getting uh, DeAndre Aiden, Scotty Barnes, and Obi Toppin. And the Pelicans just add just add more shooting. The rich get richer. All right. Hell uh, no, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not trading Dyson Daniels, bro. Getting no, bro. Uh, no. Decent, I don't. Yeah, good, he bro. got a lot of potential. He has too much potential. Uh, I would give yeah, up. Yeah, I love Dyson Daniels. But, but who would they take? Kira Lewis? Wait, 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 wait. I looked at the wrong one. I I put Trey Murphy. I I, I apologize. I I'm not going to train him. I'm not training him either. I'm not. Hey, Murphy is a sniper. I'll train you. Like, Jones is defensively keeping – that's what's keeping him in the games, defensively. No, he said Trey Murphy, but even, like, Trey Murphy, I'm not training either. I would, I would train, like, like Jackson Hayes maybe or, like, uh, Kara Lewis, but I'm not training Trey Murphy or Dyson Daniels. Herb I'm training Jones. I'm not training Kara Lewis. Them. I'm tra- get, I train so Kara Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. I don't think it would take that much to get Gary Trent. I think – Maybe Jackson Hayes. Like, they don't really play Jackson Hayes anyway. He's he's still exactly. good, but, like, give him, give him I think those Jackson two. Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I Gary Trent's good. I think he, he'll fit any team. I think any team will be happy to have Gary Trent. He's a knockdown uh, three and D. Defense a little bit lacking, but he does play good enough defense, so he's not that much of a liability. Listen, you catch him on a good night, he'll get you 30. Absolutely. I'm just saying, he will get you 30. Yeah. You're gonna shoot enough to get him. <laughs> so like, you're gonna shoot enough to get him. Like, you're gonna put them drums up. He gonna put them shots up. Yes, sir. Yeah, you gonna shoot it. <laughs> said, "I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9." That shows I lost confidence. Ah, Thank you. Mama mentality. All right. Yeah, I don't think that was called. I think it was Dion Wade. <laughs> See, you got a trade. I do. All right, this is my last trade. Last one. Right, the, y'all know the Wizards, man. They they probably should be selling. They probably should be training some guys away. But I think, I think the Wizards trying to get. A little, I think the Wizards trying to make something happen, make something shake. All right. I think the, I got the Wizards calling up Atlanta. They calling the Atlanta phone, man. Atlanta mm. answers. The Washington Wizards. I know how y'all calling, man. Y'all must want John Collins. Washington says no. We don't want John Collins. We want the little guy. We want Trey Young. This is the trade for him. The Wizards get Trey Young. The Hawks get Kyle Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, Johnny Davis, Daniel Gafford, Will Barnett, a 2024 first rounder, 2026 first rounder, a 2027 pick swap, 2028 top eight protected, and a 2029 first rounder. Now, the thing with this trade, I think the Stephian rule kind of messes it up, but they, they can figure it out their own. They can figure out they, they sell, bro. This is a podcast. I'm not a GM. They can figure it out themselves. I just want to make something crazy happen, get Trey Young in Washington, because I feel like Washington is a team that's like I feel like a lot of people be a little hesitant to get Trey. I feel like Washington, like, hey man, li- listen, we we need to sell some tickets. Let's get Trey Young. Let's get Trey Young in the uh, arena. I just don't see the Hawks giving up Trey Young. Listen, I man. just don't see him. I I just don't like the fit. I just don't like the idea of Trey like, and Bradley built together. <laughs> I, I doubt the Wizards care about fit. I think they just want <laughs> Trey Young. Well, well, tell you what. Tell you what. Not, not looking at your aspect, looking at the Wizards aspect, 
long as they have Bradley Beal, they have to try to get somebody that can help them win, and they have to sell tickets. That's all the Wizards care about. So for the Wizards aspect, that's amazing. But for me, as the analyst and the basketball aspect, I don't like the fit of, of Trey Young and Bradley Beal together. No, I was just thinking of like. I just think the Wizards would will pull the trigger on it. It's not necess- necessarily what I think. I don't think they will be – well, I think offensively they will be a good fit just because Bradley Bill could play off ball. But, yeah, I don't love the foul either. I don't think it makes them a contender or anything, but it's just something I can see the Wizards doing. Listen, if they, if they really want – listen, the Wizards ever call up or Atlanta calls up the Wizards, they talking. This is what they going to be talking. We going to get you John Collins and you either going to get Stolf Porzingis or Kyle Kuzma. Figure it out. Yeah, That's yeah. They got so many bids over there. All right. Um, I'm glad we mentioned John Collins. That one of my last couple of trades. Uh, you know, you guys, I know you guys been hearing the rumors of them saying they want like a Donovan Mitchell or like a DeJounte Murray type of package in return for John Collins. Where John realistic. Collins, he's a, good, he's a good NBA player, but honestly, it's not realistic. I do think John Collins might be able to land you a first. And where I have John Collins going, this isn't a blockbuster trade, but I feel like I would love to fit with him here with the with the point guard they have. I have John Collins going to the Pacers for a, a 2025 first rounder and Buddy Hill. Um, the reason why I think the Hawks do it is they get a first round pick and they get a guy Buddy Hill, an elite three point shooter, a guy who's shooting 45 percent from three this year, averaging 17 points. But the reason why I think they do it is because, is because the thing that's wrong with the Hawks this year, Kevin Herter. They got rid of Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter yes. was okay. a, a main part for the team. He was really important in his shooting for what they did the year they made the conference finals. And they basically just let him go for no reason at all. And now we're seeing Kevin Herter blossom in, in uh, Sacramento with the Kings. So I'm going to try to replace that little bit with Buddy Hill and they get a first rounder. That's true. And, and I, uh, I actually want to John Collins playing next to Miles Turner and being able to run the floor with Tyrese Halliburton. Hey, Carl, I, I think that's a more realistic trade for John Collins. I just want to touch on the Hawks a little bit. I, I think Kevin, obviously Kevin Herter is a big loss, but I feel like they weren't even using Kevin Herter the right way because Nate McMillan sucks. He's not a good coach. They have no player movement at all. Everybody just stands around and watches training and DeJounte set screens for each other. That's why Kevin Herter, when he went over to Sacramento, he started hooping because they moved the ball, they moved players, and they're a great, they're a great offense. And that's where I think John Collins would thrive at, actually, in Sacramento. Like, if I was Sacramento, I would call him up just because I think John Collins fits very well there because John Collins moves yeah. off ball. He can catch lobs, shoot threes. I think he will fit right in in Sacramento. Yeah, I tried to do something with Sacramento, with him going to Sacramento. But the thing is, is, like, for them, I just didn't – it was hard for me to create a trade because, like, with Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, you know, he started the year off really slow, but he's picked it up recently, and the, and the Kings have been winning. So it's like I, I'm not sure how they feel about the Harrison Barnes situation. Yeah, yeah, and I think. But uh, at the same time, John, I, I agree with you. What you, what you were saying about Herder, they didn't use Herder right, but the year they made the conference finals, I looked, and Kevin Herder gave the Sixers almost 30 points in a game seven, helping them advance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. I, I just wanted. I I, I'm, I'm I'm going to end off with, with. Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead, Sam. I think the the main problem with John Collins is the contract, but I don't think anybody like John Collins is good, but he's not worth thirty five million. Nobody's. I don't think anybody's he's trying not. to get that contract. Or sure is it? Or is it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't even dare take that contract. Yeah, like even if I was, the, I think he'll be a good fit, but like he's, it's not worth thirty five million. Like I don't think it's worth bringing him in for that much money. Okay. Um. I'm gonna end it off. I have two trades. One is a. 
not really a realistic trade, and the other one is a realistic trade. I'm going to start with the realistic one. Uh, Kendrick touched on Jacopoto earlier. I don't think he has, since the Spurs are rebuilding, I don't think he has, like, crazy value. Uh, not value. Uh, crazy trade value. I'm sorry. But um, I have Jacopoto going to the Golden State Warriors for James Wiseman, a 2026 first-round pick, and Jermichael Green. Um, Jermichael Green, in the minutes he's been playing with the Warriors, he hasn't really done anything. So he's just basically a salary filler. Um, the first to James Wiseman, a young guy who hasn't been looking, living up to the hype of being a second or second overall pick. But who knows? Greg Popovich over there, uh, rebuilding, he might be able to find some new potential and uh, maybe be able to put his potential together, become something. Uh, but the main the main reason why I think they like this is they get a first round pick for Yaka Porto, who's on an expiring deal, and the Warriors they get a, a center where he can either play uh, behind Kevon Looney, you can start over Kevon Looney, who'll do some dirty work, he'll grab some rebounds, he'll fit good with Draymond, be a good screenshotter for Curry and Clay. So that was the trade I came up with for Yaka Porto. All right, all right, not bad, not bad, Kendrick. You want anything before I end it off? Nah, bro. Let's send this one to the sunset. <laughs> All right. Great episode. And that concludes episode 90 of the Restricted Zone podcast. It was intense, funny, uh, overall entertaining. Shout out to my co-hosts, Corday, Johnny, and Kendrick. You guys are phenomenal. Hopefully the fans enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed recording it. Scene, thanks a lot for our special guest. Thanks a lot, man. Can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, you were really enjoyable, and I'm sure the people out here listening will definitely enjoy this too. Yeah, man, appreciate y'all having me on, man. Uh, shout out to my guy Core putting me on to this John. Uh, shout out to all all of y'all for for allowing me to be on here. I had a good time talking ball with y'all. Absolutely, we this isn't even the whole cast, man. It's already entertaining. So with that, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. The link of our IGs will be in the description below. You can follow us on all streaming platforms, whether it be Apple, Spotify, etc. Whether you have an app or an Android, it doesn't matter. Most importantly, it's free. All you have to do is share it with, you know, other people and definitely spread the word out. So, see if you have an Instagram or any social media, they can also contact and follow you at. Yeah, man. Instagram at whoseem underscore. Go ahead and follow me. I might follow you back. Who knows? Ah, all right. Definitely find out. So thanks a lot for tuning in for the episode. Enjoy the rest of your week and get ready for for some football this week. Peace.